Hello, I'm Mark, and this is the Fast Track Impact podcast, where we look at how researchers can become more productive and use their work to achieve real-world impacts. In today's podcast, we're going to be looking at how researchers can become more influential on social media. As researchers, we've got access to the latest evidence, and that means that we can make a really influential contribution to debates on social media. So in this episode, I'm going to be exploring how we can become truly influential in this space with the person behind one of the most influential academic institutional Twitter accounts in the world. But I'd like to start with my tip of the week. So today's tip is going to stick with the theme of becoming influential on social media. And the tip is to get yourself a social media growth plan. How can you grow your following and hence grow your influence on social media? I'm going to suggest that there are probably six things that you can instantly do to make a step change in the speed with which you grow your network and hence your influence. The first thing I'm going to suggest is that actually you focus on the networks which are most likely to achieve research impact for you. So this isn't just about becoming influential in the academic sphere, but uh, being connected to people outside the academic sphere who can enable you to understand where uh, your stakeholders, your publics are coming from and grow an influence in the outside world so that you can convert influence online to influence offline and actually make a difference in the world. Uh, For me, Twitter is the uh, easiest way to get research impact. Uh, LinkedIn, I would suggest, is a fairly close second. And of course, depending on the kind of networks that you're trying to target, Facebook and other social media platforms may well be relevant. So for public engagement, for example, uh, Facebook uh, can be a very effective way of getting to particular interest groups. The second uh, and probably most important thing that you need to do if you want to grow fast is to have a targeted social media strategy. Uh, And I'm going to be discussing this in next week's podcast in a lot more depth. But essentially, this is about uh, understanding who your audience is and why it is that you're trying to connect with them on social media so that you can then add value to them and actively promote what you're doing with the right people in the right way. Third, then, is as an academic, as a researcher, I think it's important that we really take care to be credible in this space. Uh, Partly that's uh, about making sure that we're being fairly professional in our use of it. We're uh, not bringing our uh, uh, institutions into disrepute. Uh, So, yeah, if you're going to do stuff socially on social media, that's great. But let's stick that in a social place. For many academics, this is keeping your social life to Facebook and your professional life to Twitter. Uh, For many people, they will split their social and their professional lives into two separate Twitter accounts, one which they may protect uh, with with a password and, and make more private, for example. 
I think one of the key things we can do to retain our credibility though is to actually link to content because the reality is that it's very hard in most social media platforms in the space that you have to say anything particularly credible. The nuances get lost and so if you can link to the original evidence, the article, or to a blog or a video or something that gives you the ability in the space to more credibly expand on and justify what you're saying then that really helps. The fourth thing then is to be visual. Uh, there's evidence on Twitter uh, that I think it's about 35% more engagement happens uh, when you tweet with a photograph uh, or uh, a video. Uh, and just that little extra bit of time to try and find an image to support your message can really help people to notice what you're saying. Number five is to tweet at the right time of day. Uh, so if I'm getting up for a flight at three, four in the morning, uh, then uh, I might well have saved some content to tweet at that time when I know that uh, the Australian audience for Fast Track Impact is up and about and likely to see stuff. So I've recently been tweeting about uh, the consultation on how uh, the Australian government is thinking about capturing research impact uh, and evaluating that uh, across the country. Uh, and I stuck that out on my way to a flight at about four o'clock in the morning uh, and then made sure that I put it in front of a whole load of Australian colleagues, which is my final point, uh, to uh, actually have some kind of follow strategy that enables you to uh, follow the kind of accounts that you think are likely to be interested in your content, either based on hashtags that you follow or uh, some of the more popular, fast-growing accounts in your, uh, in your field. Uh, and by following people, you're essentially giving them a bit of an invitation and saying, look, I'm here, this is what I'm doing, do you want to follow back? Uh, this is the way that the vast majority of people find out about new accounts and connect with them. Uh, to do that, though, of course, you need to uh, make sure that your most recent tweets, uh, and again, the evidence from Twitter, would suggest that uh, people tend to make a decision about whether to follow uh, in about 10 seconds based on the last three things that someone tweeted. So uh, I, before I'm going out and following a few people to let them know that I'm uh, there, uh, I will usually delete um, conversations that are cluttering up my timeline and make sure that there are three really relevant tweets for the people who are on that particular uh, hashtag or following that kind of content or in that particular part of, uh, of the world. Um, of course this brings up uh, a number of issues for you as well uh, which we can discuss uh, in future podcasts but uh, this essentially six ways that you can instantly begin to rapidly grow your following. Uh, I've been following these uh, tips myself and uh, as a result of this, uh, last month in April, uh, Fast Track Impact grew by 100 followers per day uh, and that was uh, consistent week on week throughout April. I tend to average about 80. Um, I launched a book, had a few magazine articles last month which probably helped to drive uh, that slightly higher growth. But you know, getting between 50 and 100 new followers per day is not inconceivable, uh, even if you just uh, are starting out. I have a PhD student who was following this uh, approach and she is getting, uh, on a good day, 50 new followers. Uh, it really does work. Uh, and the great thing is that it means that you're not now tweeting into thin air, uh, you're not blogging into space, you have a way of driving traffic, traffic to your content and becoming influential in this space. 
Now, of course, not all of us uh, are trying to become influential. Uh, if this is just about connecting with colleagues and uh, being known in the academic sphere and having uh, people that you can uh, draw information from, crowdsource ideas from, then perhaps you want actually a very small targeted network of other academics. That's fine. Uh, but if you want to become influential, then uh, number of followers equals influence in this particular realm. And this is how I do it. I am here with the voice of Checker on Twitter. This is uh, at C-E-C-H-R underscore U-O-D. What does that stand for? Centre for Environmental Change and Human Resilience. At the University of Dundee, which is where we're sitting. We are partnered with the James Hutton Institute. Uh Thank you. So I have followed what you have done for a number of years now and have watched the meteoric rise of this uh, Twitter stream. Uh, Now, this is pretty much unprecedented as as far as I know in terms of uh, an academic group uh, that have reached such saturation in terms of followers and influence uh, on Twitter. and just give us a sense of, of where, where you're at in terms of followers and, and, and rankings and, and such like at the moment. Um, Clout score is 72. Uh, we've over 87,000 followers, getting usually between 100 and 150 extra per day. And we rank in, there's the Sustmeme top 500, with um, its Greenpeace at the top. And we're down at number 23, but so who who are you uh, who are you outranking at number twenty three? Give us a, a sense yeah. of, of where well, you might be sitting in well, this list. Well, we're just above the Union of Concerned Scientists. Oh, there's NASA Climate, um, Friends of the Earth are down at forty one. Oh, bad luck. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so incredible power uh, when you tweet the world is listening and uh, you are tweeting about the research of academics and PhD students uh, in the Checker Network. Uh, but you're tweeting about other stuff as well. Um, just give us a, a sense of the, the kind of content that you're trying to produce. Well, our main four pillars are food, water, health and energy. But it's really about sustainability and resilience. We've got a huge network of over 70 affiliates, uh, about uh, 20 PhD students at the moment. And the interdisciplinarity is the key to us. It's essentially anything that's saving the planet. (laughs) Okay, fantastic. So uh, a fairly cool subject to be talking about, which always helps um, when you're trying to to become influential in this space, because of course influence equals numbers equals influence. Um, So Tell me, what, what is it that you attribute to your success in this space? When I, I've looked from afar and just seen you overtaking account after account and just trying to work out, I mean, and uh, I will admit, copying as far as I can what I'm seeing you're doing as good practice, uh, what is it that, that you attribute to your success to? These are all subjects that people are very concerned about. They have worries, they, they want to get as much information and I'm trying to give them a conduit for that too. But you know, there are other accounts out there that are talking about these topics. What are you doing on Twitter that is getting the attention? Why are people listening to what you're saying, retweeting what you're saying? Why are people coming in such droves to follow your account? What, what, what do you think you're doing right? 
we have a very big sense of hope. We mm. do really believe that the things we're doing together can make a difference. It's, it's not just doom. Mm. For every doomy story, there are very positive ones. There are things going on. And so are you actually explicitly trying to find those positive stories to counteract the doom and gloom, or is it just what happens to pop into your inbox? A lot of the stories do come to me. Hmm. We have got a growing community of people who are looking in their own backyards, seeing good things and letting me know. Um, I've got a particular uh, local eco hashtag where people see things that is changing in their neighbourhood and all these small things uh, are adding up, makes a big difference. A lot of people don't realise how much more there is going on out there. It's it's just many, many baby steps towards a larger good. Yeah, so I've been in a number of situations where I've tried to persuade academics to send me their news, uh, whether it's for a newsletter or for something online, or just to keep you know the front page of our lab, a website uh, feeling fresh. And actually persuading people to send me stories is, is enormously difficult. How, how do you get people to send you all the stuff? That is a trickier thing. I think there are more stories that I could be putting out. They're very busy people. Mm, fair enough. But you're getting enough, and mm, that's the important thing. Yes, yes. And when they do have stories and they do want to let me know, then we, we have an audience. So uh, another issue that some people have uh, come to me with is that... Um, uh, when you're trying to manage an institutional account like this, the problem is that you've got so many different academics doing different things across different disciplines, as you said. And so you, as the voice of Jacker, are putting these tweets out there. But when people start to interact with it or perhaps disagree with what you're saying, uh, how do you have the expertise to be able to reply to all of these? Or do you go back to the original academics? Or do you cite, how, how do you how do you deal with that and and turn these into opportunities for learning and for conversation and dialogue? Well, I, I, I know the academics well. Um, it's, it's a close network that we have. And for those who are active on Twitter, if I get a question about, say, uh, flooding and geohazards, I'll know exactly who to mention and go, over to you, Sue. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So you've got the content, you've got the people supplying you that content, you're putting it out on Twitter. Um there are a few things that I can see that you're doing just from uh, observing uh, that I think you're doing right that means that, that you are successful. Um, a very obvious thing uh, is the uh, the amount of, of pictures that you put out. Every tweet um, has usually got uh, a picture and it's got a link to uh, more information. What other things are you doing about uh, the way that you word and format and, and present your tweets that you think is, is working? It's, it's keeping things short and simple, uh, where most of the information is in the link. Um, I'm not sure what else I can add to that. The, Do you think the, it's easier for you, though, being perhaps less closely involved? You, you perhaps didn't carry out the research yourself. Is, is it easier to get that distance and to 
and to make it simple and easy for people to understand. Do you think that's part of, 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 of your success? Or I guess anyone can learn how to do that in theory. I know I really struggle sometimes if I've written a paper, I've got the title of that paper, I've spent hours poring over <laughs> the wording of that, yeah. then trying to turn that into something simple for me can be a huge challenge. It, it can be a stretch, but generally speaking, the academic will come back and explain in more detail if, mm. if needed, actually on Twitter it provides the engagement there. Yeah, so one of the bits of research that, that I've heard banded around is that I think that um, it's about 35% or, or so more engagements, more clicks, um, if you have a, an image there or, or a video. Um, so uh, I'm assuming that you're getting fairly good feeding through from your Twitter's feed to blogs, websites, things like that. Is there any evidence that, that yeah, yeah, you got the following, but are you also getting the engagement with with the research, with the researchers? Uh, is it turning into anything um, other than just just the numbers? We're, we're really only just beginning to look into this. Um, my, my first sort of task was to develop the audience. Um, we've had one or two with, I think there's a, a crowdfunding research site where they were taking the analytics from me and on specific days just seeing what the impact was on their website. Uh, there's one very cool thing that I've seen you doing, uh, which I've never seen before and to be honest I didn't even realise was possible until I saw you doing this, which is uh, around replying to your own tweets to create a, a story uh, that kind of develops over time. Could you explain how you do that and what the benefits of that are, but yeah, any other cool things that you can share with us? Oh, right, yeah. Um, well, if I see a new story, and I know that I've been previously talking about that, um, I, I use a tool. Can I say the tool? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm not on the BBC. So. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> other tools are available. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Crowdbooster. Crowdbooster, okay, and great. I haven't heard of that one. After you've... Um, uh, subscribe, subscribe to them. They they keep um, essentially a record of your tweet, tweets, which means that you can search on keywords and find previous tweets on the same story, on the same topic, which allows you to reply to the relevant story. And then when people see the new story, they will also see the previous story. So they can scroll down and you yeah. might see that actually there's been a whole load of things that happened in that same area yeah. that have all kind of built on one another and, you know, five tweets ago, they might actually go back to the original one Indeed. from yeah. a year ago, yeah. five tweets yeah. down that list and, yeah. and retweet that as well because they think that's right. really relevant. Yeah. Yes. So that, that really gives that context and, yeah. and really adds value to what you're that, doing. That, that's right, yeah. There's, there's been very positive feedback on that. Mm. Complimented me and said, "Yeah, that's that's a great idea." It is, yeah. yeah. I, I, and you, you just came up with the idea yourself. Have you seen other, anyone else doing that? I I I think I ended up. I I, I think I did it by accident, mm. almost. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I can't remember exactly how I stumbled upon yeah. it, but it had such a. I mean, initially, I think it was just sort of it was like having two tweets for the price of one. Yeah, so I, I think I didn't realise you could do it because the default function on Twitter is that when you uh, reply to a tweet, um, then only the people who uh, are in that conversation will see it in their timeline. So I figured if you reply to one of your own tweets, the only people who will ever see that will be you. Um, but actually what you're doing is you're hitting reply on it, um, but then you're deleting your own username at the beginning of it, so you've mm -hmm. got a blank canvas, and that seems to mean that actually this is now publicly available to everyone. Yeah, it shows up. On and the yet it's linked. Yeah, and then links the previous ones. Yeah. Very clever. Mm -hmm. So, finally, 
I just wonder if you might be able to give advice to uh, other people who are starting out. I mean, it's a fairly intimidating uh, target to, to, to be thinking, well, hey, maybe I could have uh, 87,000 uh, followers uh, on this. What is the, kind of the length of your journey between uh, how, how long has it taken you to get to 87,000? And uh, how, how much help have you had along the way? Or to what extent is this all kind of self-taught, just you know, learning, learning from, from practice? Um, really learning from practice. Um, at, at the beginning, I probably sort of Googled 10 best tips for Twitter and just picked up a couple of things like adding an image, always boost your retweets. But um, yeah, we started in 2012. So, so yeah, advice that you can give to people, uh, you're starting out, yeah, you've got 50 followers, um, uh, you would love to have the kind of influence of, of an account like the Chaka account. Um, what would be the first, the first steps, the first things to, to really think about to, to really start making a step change in your influence in that space? Well, keep, keep chipping away, keep going, don't actually give up. You'll realise that it will be a slow start, the Chaka was a slow start. Um, but once you get to a certain stage, it does begin to snowball. You will actually get to a point where you will be being recommended to people on, on their um, uh, Twitter pages. Um, and do engage with people to build a sort of sense of community as opposed to just dictating. Um, follow relevant people, send those invitations. Um, keep, keep it focused if, if that is the the sort of account that you want. Um, and yeah, don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much. If you uh, want to check out the amazing work that is happening here, uh, the handle again to follow is at C-E-C-H-R underscore U-O-D. Thank you very, very much for your help today. It's been fantastic. Okay, thank you. <laughs> So each week I like to try and come up with some concrete actions that you can do based on what we've discussed in the podcast. And today I want you to ask yourself whether you actually need to become more influential on social media or not. So are the people that you want to benefit from your research actually on social media? Uh, and could you actually achieve greater impact by engaging with them through this medium? If the answer is no, they're not there, then, well, cool, carry on using social media, but yeah, it's going to be really as a information source and for connecting with colleagues. And there's probably not much point in really investing lots of time and effort in becoming influential. If you do have a good reason to try and become more influential on social media, then take a look through your social media updates on whatever platform you use most over the last week or two or month or two, depending on how active you are. Uh, and ask yourself the question, could you make these updates more clearly focused on the things that you want to contribute most to the world? Could you make them more credible and useful? And could you make them stand out from the crowd more effectively? So this week, I'd like you to try and send some social media updates that have a much clearer purpose 
behind them than you've ever had before that you believe will actively drive real interest in your research.